Welcome to the Vice Magazine podcast, your definitive guide to enlightening information. Our 11th annual fiction issue went live earlier this week, which we'll be covering in more detail in upcoming episodes. But today, I wanted to highlight a recent in-depth profile from Vice.com titled Everybody Hates Jill. Eve Pizer, our politics staff writer, recently spent time with Jill Stein. She was the Green Party's candidate for president in the 2012 and 2016 elections. You can read the full profile on Vice.com, but for now, here's our senior politics editor, Harry Cheadle, interviewing Eve on what Jill Stein was like in person, whether Democrats should try to win Green Party voters, and what the response to the piece has been. So, Eve, you wrote an excellent profile of Jill Stein, the two-time Green Party presidential candidate profile that I edited. And I was wondering if you could sort of tell people what the story was about uh, generally and also why you wanted to profile Jill Stein in the first place. My aim within the story was to understand who Jill Stein is and why she made the decision to run for president, considering everybody knows that she's never going to win. And the reason that I wanted to write the story is because I've been infatuated with Jill ever since the 2016 election when she said some wacky things about Wi-Fi and vaccinations. And I want to know what type of person has good enough politics to be in the Green Party, but keeps undermining themselves by saying really wacky things that play into stereotypes of third party candidates. When you say good enough politics, you're sort of sympathetic to Stein's broader views, right? Could you talk a little bit about like why you like her politics in a way or like some of them? Well, I'm a leftist and I'm somebody who voted for Bernie Sanders in the primaries and agree with Jill's idea that we should have universal health care. And um, I think that she's an idealist and a lot of her, um, the way that she imagines her ideal society, I really agree with. But I think that she also constantly undermines herself. She isn't necessarily able to back up her ideas in a way that really makes sense. And she is very stubborn when it comes to criticism of her. And she doesn't really understand why people hate her so much, aside from her assumption that, oh, anybody who disagrees with me is just part of the big political machine, is very corporate. And so I sort of wanted to try to understand what it means to be so anti-establishment that you get far away from the truth and dabble in conspiracy theories. Why do people hate her so much? People hate Jill Stein for a bunch of reasons. Obviously, the right wing just doesn't like leftists. But I think that a lot of Democrats hate her because they are convinced that she spoiled the election for Hillary and they're guided by this false idea that Had she not been on the ballot, Stein voters would have gone for Hillary, which is wrong. The whole reason that people voted for Jill is because they 
didn't agree with Hillary or Trump and saw both of them as symbols of the corporate establishment trying to ruin America. What has the response been to this piece like? So the response I've gotten from a lot of people has been pretty positive, but I have received negative responses from both Green Party members and from hardcore Hillary supporters. The hardcore Democrats didn't like my piece because I didn't call Jill Stein a puppet of Putin. I I don't believe Jill Stein is a puppet of Putin, and I think that would have been unfair. The criticism I've gotten from the Green Party is that I didn't engage with Jill's platforms and her policies and that I focused on personal details about her, like um, how her house was dirty and the toilet was unflushed, and that I didn't clearly state that voting machines in the 2016 election were susceptible to hacking. The way I see it, I didn't say that voting machines aren't susceptible to hacking. I really just talked about her opinions on that and sort of let those speak for herself. So I think most people only know who Jill Stein is through a lot of media stuff about her and a lot of negative press about her. So what is she like in person? In person, uh, Jill Stein is extremely maternal. She She's a Jewish mom, and she reminded me of my mom in a way, and many Jewish moms I know. She was very preoccupied to make sure that, like, I was well-fed and asked me, like, six times if I wanted juice. And in my piece, I really did want to highlight how sweet she was as a person just to illustrate the complexity of people and to take this figure who is viewed so negatively by so many media sources and sort of say, okay, well, you have her belief system, which you might hate, but on another level, she is kind and she means well, and she is doing the best she can to save the world. That she's just doing, like her idea of saving the world is very different from your idea of saving the world. So part of the piece is that we're at a time when there's a lot of leftists and anti-establishment figures in uh, Democratic Party politics trying to push the party to the left and to not just beat Republicans, but also maybe beat some more moderate Democrats, uh, sort of the Bernie Sanders wing of the party, which I know you've written about before as well. Um, So I wanted to ask you, how much do... Uh, left-leaning Democrats have to engage with Jill Stein and her arguments. Can they just ignore her, or is this something where they need to get her voters onto their side? The people who voted for Jill Stein generally are people who are so disillusioned with the Democratic Party that they couldn't even believe in Bernie's ability to push the party left. And from the conversations I've had with Jill, as well as other Green Party folks, it seems that they took the 2016 primary as evidence of how corrupt the Democratic Party is. They felt that the nomination was stolen from Bernie Sanders, when really, that's not quite what happened. Um, The primary system is inherently undemocratic, with superdelegates, and Hillary 
got that nomination fair and square according to the rules. But I think that a lot of Green Party voters are sort of too far gone to acknowledge the political reality of our country. I I asked Jill whether a shift in the Democratic Party to the left would change her mind about voting for them and whether if Bernie Sanders was the 2020 nominee, whether she would vote for him. And her response was, he won't be the nominee, you can be sure, for the same reason he wasn't this time. Um, And she told me that she didn't believe that Democrats would make Medicare for all a reality and said that any Democrats that have that co-sponsored Bernie's bill for Medicare for all there. It's just like they're just doing it for politics and they don't mean it. And I try sort of tried to say, well, who cares about their sincerity if they're going to vote for the bill and if this is going to happen? And she just was unable to engage with that idea. And our conversation went back to her refusal to say that Hillary Clinton would be a less harmful president than Trump. And while she didn't say Hillary is worse than Trump, she wouldn't say that Hillary is better than Trump. And it goes back to this idea that a lot of super far left activists and a lot of Greens have that incremental change isn't enough. And we just we need to radically turn the system upside down if we're going to get anything we want. And I don't think that's a particularly realistic way of looking at American politics. And I also think that it ignores positive incremental change we've had, like Obama passing the Affordable Care Act. Obviously, I know that the ACA is far from perfect, but I couldn't comprehend why Jill couldn't at least acknowledge that it has provided a lot of people with health care and it's made um, discriminating against people for pre-existing conditions illegal and that that is better than it was before. You know, hearing your account of uh, that conversation or that part of the conversation with Jill Stein um, makes me wonder if she's sort of her worldview is sort of hopeless in a way, because if she's saying that there's no way that Democratic senators will pass a Medicare for all bill, she's sort of saying that if she were elected president by some miracle, she would have to rely on those same senators. Like there aren't viable Green Party senatorial candidates. So do you get a sense that like she actually understands that what she's pushing for is just something that's never going to happen? Do you think, I mean, I know she doesn't admit that publicly, but do you think that that is actually her view? I think in a sense it is. I think that a lot of her politics rely on this idea that our system is unfixable. And I think that that is sort of what irks me about her beliefs, that she doesn't see any path forward aside from a complete revolution and that well-meaning Democrats who might not be as far left as her, she has no faith that they would ever enact leftist policies, 
you know, I actually spent this weekend with Bernie Sanders while he was rallying in Ohio for like against the tax bill and for Medicare for all and all these other leftist ideals. And Bernie talked a lot about how he said, you know, the revolution is happening now and we're winning and we have to feel hope because like most Americans are against this horrible tax bill and that's a victory in itself. And I think that that is uh, the only way we can look at this if we want to actually create change and we actually want to have Democrats win elections. We have to believe that it's possible. So I'll ask you a question I think I made you answer when you first pitched this idea, which is why in 2017 should anyone care about Jill Stein at all? Well, I'm not sure that people should really care about Jill Stein, but I think that getting to know Jill Stein is sort of a cautionary tale for leftists who are trying to build a movement about what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And I think a great example is how her most outlandish comments completely detract from her actual platform. If you want people to listen to you, you have to be somewhat flexible. And Jill Stein is so set in her ways and so stubborn and The way I saw it, I was like, oh, Jill's so sweet. Like, it doesn't have to be this way, but it is this way. And I hope that people on the left will read my story and take away that Jill Stein is not a bad person. But if you want to bring people into the leftist movement, here are the things Jill Stein does that you absolutely should not do. The Vice Magazine podcast is a production of Vice Media. This episode was produced and edited by Sophie Kazis. For more info on the podcast or how to subscribe to the magazine, visit vice.com and be sure to subscribe to the Vice Magazine podcast on Apple Podcasts, Acast, or any podcast app you use. Leave us a rating and review and let us know what you think. I'm Ellis Jones, and I'd like to give a special thanks to Harry Cheadle and Eve Pizer. We'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks for listening.